0: Hello, welcome to ATM, Artist Talk Movies, a podcast interviewing creatives about films that have inspired and or influenced their personal studio work. I'm Hyde Fontenot and I'm here with co-host Aaron Stafford.
1: We're here to talk about contemporary art and the creative impulse with new guests each episode. We're having casual conversations.
0: We don't pretend to be authorities,
1: We're hoping to give you a window into the visionary process of MAKERS.
2: What have you done to me?
1: Forever and ever.
2: And life signs terminate right here.
1: Going.
0: I'm well, Erin. It's my last day yeah. in Newfoundland, <gasps> and um,
1: I was worried they were gonna try to keep you there. I uh, <laughs> you again. Well, it's I
0: do love it here, but it's getting kind of cold, and so I start uh, yeah. my uh, week long <gasps> trip back to Detroit.
1: Are you yeah. are you migrating back to Texas yeah, like well, a little bird?
0: <laughs> mm, yeah, I, I'm dipping down. I'm not sure how long I'm staying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Just yeah. long enough to, you know, eat a few berries and poop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just not on my car, okay? Uh, that would no be
0: promises, Aaron.
1: <laughs> much appreciated. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> anyway, we've got a, f- a new film. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's yeah. going to be
0: Halloween next week. And uh, <gasps> and we're watching, yes. we're watching... We just watched The Hunger from 1983, the Tony Scott film uh with to- yeah. um uh david bowie Catherine Deneuve, and uh susan sarandon uh mm-hmm. and it's it's mm-hmm. very much an it epitomizes so much like 80s style we'll get into that but it's a, it's oh yeah it's really a beautiful film so uh and our guest this week is writer kendall morgan and i think you have a bio for her
1: I do. I do. So Kendall Morgan is a native Texas born and raised writer um, who also spent some time in New York. um, That's kind of added some icing on top of her many layers um, where she feels that she aligns more with their maybe politics and ideology. Mm -hmm. Uh, She is a seasoned journalist from the 1990s um, and her writing has more from pop culture to fashion, music, film and nightlife. Uh, She was also the youngest columnist for the Dallas Morning News, which I didn't know that, um, Mm -hmm. with her Scott column. And her current subjects are art and culture, design, and architecture. She is a contributor or has contributed to D, Home, Patron, Culture Map, and Dallas Observer, among many others, and received a Bachelor of Arts from UT Dallas. Oh. And she's currently uh, sort of into this anti-aging cause because oh. she feels that it's the last frontier of isms. Oh. Um, and she's working on a project with that theme, which is obviously very relevant to this movie.
0: Right? Eternal um, life? Uh-huh. So, I, ho- know, I
1: know. Uh- <laughs> 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 Did you have something to say?
0: I... I- Shh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well I'm fascinated I can't wait to get into it
1: yeah I know me too me too
0: uh, Kendall are you there I'm here can you hear me yeah okay so are you going to tell us how to be young and beautiful forever well first of all what's your secret never go out in the sun oh Oh, you are a vampire
1: (laughs) That's so that's so funny because every you know there's always this um, article that pops up. It's like the secrets to um, you know um, anti-aging and it's always just wear sunscreen. and I'm like, I know. now I mean, I've known this for ages
0: now. Yeah, so
2: I take it a step further and just never see daylight just avoid. Oh wow. Well All you right. do
0: need that vitamin D.
2: You can take vitamin D. You can have okay. some vitamin I was going to say supplements. So nice. <laughs> Yeah. I'm always low yeah. vitamin D, but I think what happened. W- Me too. Yeah. What happened was yeah. when I was in my early 20s, I was starting to write at the paper, and I was also slinging uh-huh. clothes at Neiman Marcus. So mm-hmm. I literally had three days off a month. And I all of a sudden kind of realized that I wasn't aging like everyone else I knew. (laughs) So I Uh just, because I've smoked and I've done other things that aren't so great for your skin. But (laughs) I have to say, I, you know. I'm not going to reveal my age,
0: but let's just say I'm doing okay. (laughs) And that's what I attribute it to. She's keeping it tight, ladies and gents. (laughs) Well, okay. So Kendall, I want to get into this a little bit because you're our very first guest that doesn't have a visual art practice, but because you're so involved in visual culture and, uh, you know, we're kind of, we're breaking our mold and, uh, for, for this uh, Halloween (laughs) special, (laughs) (laughs) but like, um, you know, I, I wanted to ask you, uh, questions about your relationship to visual art and also just your biography and, um, your connection to this film, because, um, once I started watching this film again, which I love and I've I've seen several times before. I was like, of course, Kendall picked this. Kendall should have been in this. <laughs> like this, this is like I, I I think I saw her peek around Anne Magasin for a minute in the <laughs> club scene, and and like you are you would have been of the generation that would have been in, in Dallas's favorite uh, famous Stark Club uh, scene in the in the 80s 90s I right? was I was as a yeah. matter
2: of fact my uh, my mom kind of and my debt da- my dad tried to buy me a fake ID which didn't work <laughs> <And> then... <laughs> <laughs> and and actually I was rejected I was rejected at the door of the Star Club and I went home and I cried and cried and then the very yeah. next weekend I went there with Frankie Goes to Hollywood and I got in immediately so I was like oh what? this is how you get in and, uh-huh. and then my mom oh. ended up hooking me up with her hairdresser and so I would go out with a hairdresser and the, just a pack of hair people and I would go every weekend <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god you've got you've got to send us some pictures because we need to post <laughs> yes some, some, Heck
1: uh, yeah. oh my god
0: i think those are in the vault i got to go to the Stark club once yeah oh
1: you did yeah I was, what was it like hi it
0: was a wild i mean it was wild because yeah. i was like this country kid from louisiana and i was shocked that i got in you know because we'd heard mm-hmm. that the doormen were like notoriously picky and we were just like weird our kids and my friend christina that was with me like fell in the mud in the parking lot on <laughs> on the way into the club and i was just like okay just like just blow, you know uh when you go like like just blow it off just like just like you don't you know don't worry about it it's your look yeah, yeah. you're a muddy girl <laughs> It
1: sounds like something that I've been seeing in the fashion world lately where there are, like, models walking in, like, the mud pits. You're like, you can rock it. Like,
0: Like, didn't Balenciaga, uh, or is that who it was? Uh It kind of looks like a dirty... I think so. Yeah, it was Balenciaga. Um, (laughs) Street chic. Yeah, so so you are all... We'll get into the film in a minute. But, like, um, so you Mm. said you went with Frankie Goes to Hollywood, and I know that you have big ties to a lot of musical acts from the 80s and 90s yeah so you happen to know you're like a kid that can't get into a club but you know frankie goes to hollywood
2: oh i didn't really know them i just i was just really a dippy kind of naive person so i would like go to shows and be like can i have a backstage pass
0: And it wow. worked.
2: And it worked. I don't yeah. think it would yeah. work now.
0: But also main... listeners, Kendall's really cute <sighs> and really fashionable. <laughs> so <laughs> uh-huh. this isn't gonna work for all of us.
2: It helps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not the same now, but um, yeah, it was just so sort of oh, that sure. easy. And and honestly, the reason I even did it was because I wanted to go to I wanted to go to nightclubs and I was underage. So yeah. by any mm-hmm. means necessary to get into the nightlife, I would do it. Yeah.
0: And then it ended up being my job for nine years. Wow. Well, right, because you write about the thing you love, or the thing that you do, or the thing that you know. Yeah.
2: Until you hate it, yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Well, we all go through periods of concentrated interest. hmm Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought my love of uh, dance clubs would never die, and I couldn't oh. bo- be bothered now.
2: Yeah, yeah, I yeah. feel the same. Yeah, it kind of got to this point where I just didn't want to do it. But it's different now. I mean... When it became oh, yeah. like a models and bottles kind of thing, um, then yeah. it just lost its luster. It, it, there's mm-hmm. there's really a certain sort of, when you talk about the club scene in the movie, which we'll get to, but um, there's like an, oh, yeah. a nostalgia and a moment where it was just this perfect mix of people um, mm-hmm. that... Mm-hmm. You just can't replicate. I don't know if it's because people aren't that cool anymore or they aren't that varied anymore or everyone's Uh too same sauce. I don't know. But it's not the same. I mean, you would have a real mix of uptown, downtown, high, low, gay, straight and all these things that would make, you know, nightlife in New York and Dallas and L.A. and anywhere else just so engaging. And it's just those that day is done
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Huh.
1: I wonder if it's like a social media problem where it's just gotten, I thought about
0: that. You know, yeah.
1: Like I think I'm so. trying to think of a big change.
0: Well, like you said same sauce.
2: Yes. Kendall.
0: Yeah. And I thought that's a that's a great mm-hmm. way to determine like what is cool and what people really if they're being creative or if they're just purchasing their look or just following trends and not so much like individual creativity.
2: Yeah, well, it's funny because a few years ago I got to interview Boy George, and he and I went off on some tangent about, (laughs) he was like, (laughs) we had nothing, we didn't have the internet, and yet I knew everything Uh that happened in the 1920s, and I'm like, yeah, same, Uh like, I Mm -hmm. kept on my magazines, and I would just... Yes. endlessly research you know i had the face and i had the interview and i would endlessly research yeah. what was happening in these major metropolitan areas as a suburban yeah. kid in texas and i knew yeah. like i knew what clubs were hot on what night of the week and all of that and so uh-huh. i just uh-huh. think now you don't have to go to that level of research so mm-hmm. they don't so they, oh, right. it just you know what's special and slightly hidden is just there it just doesn't exist yeah Mm -hmm.
0: yeah Mm -hmm. it is a different world
1: I was gonna say um if you could tell us about your first encounter with the hunger
2: like did you see it in
1: the movies or I'm pretty
2: sure it was a rental I feel like I didn't see it until I was in college because it's 83 Uh and I was still in you know, middle school. And so, uh-huh. not really. <laughs> it's tad inappropriate. Oh, yeah. but, uh, by the time, I wasn't even born. Yeah, I wasn't even born yet. <laughs> um, but I, in college, oh. I was in college, I went to UT and... Finished at UTD, and when I was at UT, somehow I saw it. It may have been like at um, the Dobie Theater or one of the theaters that was an art house Mm. theater because I really got into art house films. Mm. And then I was actually Miriam Blaylock when I was 19 for Halloween. (gasps) No, you were (laughs) (laughs) not. Nobody got it, of course.
1: Wow. Um, Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I put this – I was thinking that maybe you needed your Susan Sarandon with you that <laughs> night, you know, to kind of yeah. solidify
2: the the character.
0: Did you find the dagger um, No, the, the dagger no. Necklace? I
2: had the hat and, like, the cat-eye glasses, and I actually did, like – I had a cigarette holder, and I had, like, a bustier oh, yeah. and a leather skirt because I wasn't willing to do full cat suit at that point in my life. Okay. So it was slightly altered. <laughs> and this altered. is – is...
0: Catherine Deneuve's look from the club. Yes, she's wearing that little uh, uh, military uh, envelope hat. Yes, kind of. yes,
2: totally. Yeah, I found actually like a '50s pillbox, and I kind of squashed it into the right shape.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Again, when we had to be creative, when you couldn't just buy uh, a Halloween, oh, yeah. a pre-made Halloween. Yeah, hat and, yeah you couldn't right.
2: go on Etsy and Google, you know, leather military hat or whatnot.
0: Sexy vampire. <laughs> Have you ever met a real life vampire?
2: Um, sadly, oh. no. I wish. I mean, huh. I don't
0: know. I w-
2: Wait, hi. Have you
1: met a vampire?
2: I've Wait.
0: met a number of Satanists. Okay. I know it's not the same. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Eh, um, there's overlap.
2: I feel like sp-
0: aspiring vampires, perhaps. Mm-hmm. I think everyone should be an
2: aspiring vampire. I mean, why not, <laughs> sure.
0: right? Yeah. yeah. I don't want to live forever. Uh, really? That's my biggest. I do. I'm done. Like, <laughs> check, please.
1: <laughs> that is such a good question. Do you want to live, Erin? Do you want to live forever? I don't. The I think um, I pro- I don't know how I felt about that until as a kid I watched um, Death Becomes Her. Oh, and I was horrified, horrified of the thought of living forever, and I think that that sort of still resonates today. Where right? I I do not want to live forever. Uh-huh. It, it's a terrifying, you know. And and as I get older, like. New technology makes me nervous in ways that I hadn't expected. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, oof, like, do I want to exist in a world where the technology scares me, you know? And I don't know. And I've always been somebody who's drawn to the past anyway, so moving Uh forward seems scary sometimes so no i don't but i yeah
0: like overwhelming yeah
1: and and in this movie and i kendall um i want to get you to sort of give us a brief summary um but in the movie they seem bored like they're like la 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 you know i'm i'm a vampire (laughs) it's not I remember that scene. <laughs> you <know. laughs> well, you know, they're kind of dabbling in music, and yeah. you know, maybe the club to like get their 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 blood fixed. But it's like they just kind of feel kind of bored. i don't
2: know. Uh-huh. you know. Well, they need but, a hobby. Yeah, you know, a different hobby. Yeah, they do. I mean, the reason. Right. Uh huh. I agree. I think living forever would be great, is because you could. um do so many things. I mean, you could have like ten careers. Yeah, mm. you know if yeah that's that true. so that's the thing. It's like I could be a journalist for a hundred years, and then I could mm. go back and get my masters at UTD in art. And I could finally become yeah. an artist <laughs> for a hundred years, yeah. and mm-hmm. then you know, you know something I else. I know
0: what you're saying, mm. but this is this is so funny because we're talking about the club scene and being in our 20s, like loving going to clubs and then like you kind of outgrow it and I wonder you know mm-hmm. if you live to be 300 years old or in Catherine Deneuve's character wasn't she 6,000 years yeah, old yeah
2: she's Egyptian
0: yeah is that yeah, yeah like imagine like what could you really cultivate or like me- like get your energy up for like oh you know like, no urgency you know no uh like oh yeah I've seen that yeah. before
1: <laughs> and really, the only hobby that I think Miriam has, along with maybe her music, uh, which by the way, she's just playing like pretty old, you know, pieces. Like, I think one is, um, you know, one of the classic pieces is Schubert. And I'm like, okay, you're playing really old stuff anyway. But somehow she acquired a French accent, and it's like, well, when did that happen? <laughs> like, did she just become a, a French person <laughs> at some point? So I'm like, okay. that's the only, like, you know, this like embracing of a new identity or, you know, something, but yeah. um,
0: Oh, right. She didn't have an Egyptian accent.
1: (laughs) I was wondering uh, if we had the capability to live forever, like what would our dating relationship, like how would that change? You know, this is something Uh that I've kind of thought about for a while where it's like would we feel like we have to get married in our 20s and reproduce so we're like would we wait a little bit longer
2: i think we do what she did just Mm -hmm. have a lover to like crumble into dust and then get another one right yeah
1: Yeah, something like that i think it would alter completely like our our expectations of relationships because it's like you really want to be with somebody forever. No. Like that's a really long time. Oh my god. That that's scary. Well, if you
2: believe that's in heaven crazy. they say that you know you're just you have that eternal life with your partner. So
0: <laughs> even if you're gay sure <laughs> I'm gonna need a bigger <laughs> house <laughs> Just, just in terms of like what we're talking about about eternal life, and there's there's the scene where after uh, Catherine Deneuve and uh, David Bowie feed on their the people mm-hmm. they pick up in the dance club, uh, they're taking a shower, and David Bowie is saying mm-hmm. to her like, "We're we're gonna be together forever, forever, never, right?" Mm-hmm. And she, mm-hmm. I feel like she doesn't quite answer him, and I was wondering, it's not. Clear about when he starts the aging and dying process, but I was wondering if somehow, she, if it's random or if she could instigate oh. it because she made him a vampire, and she's like, he's going yeah. forever and ever, right? Forever and ever, and she's like, eh, I'm kind of done with you. I'm ready to. No, no, because I've read the books.
2: Oh, yeah. okay, okay. I've at least read two. Good. There's a trilogy. So, um, and of course the ending's very different. And I couldn't remember the ending of the book because I read it so long ago, but I recently read the sequel, which is just the most god awful thing. You don't even want to waste your time. <laughs> oh, and I'm no. unsure <laughs> oh, no. if I should read the third that was so bad. Like, but yeah. um technically You know, she kind of knows that the time is limited with whoever she's with, but she Uh, doesn't want to face it and she kind of is hoping that this one will be different.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's not
2: it's not like she's ugh bored. Kicking you to the curb. Sorry, she, right. she
0: just doesn't want to give him false hope for this eternity. But yeah. I, yeah.
2: I rewatched it yeah. last night, and I was thinking, you know what? If I was with someone and I've been with him for two hundred years, and they're still talking about this, I would kind of want them to die at that point forever. <laughs> <And then laughs> yeah, it's like Oh my God! How many times have we had this conversation? <laughs> he's a little needy. It's like I think
1: he's yeah a little kind of smothery almost. Uh-huh. At some some points in the movie but Kendall could you summarize the movie briefly that way our listeners kind of have kind
2: of
0: yeah a, a plot that we're if they haven't seen it yeah. yeah
2: so so basically I think of it as like a living Nagel painting because it's so oh god yes stylized and hard-edged and so much of its time mm-hmm. it's like quintessentially 80s and it's the story of Um, This vampire, Miriam Blaylock, that's been around since the Egyptian era, although you really it's such a subtle little thing because there's one like scene where she's in her Nefertiti outfit drinking blood from someone. Otherwise, you would Mm -hmm. never know. And she lives in an amazing mansion, probably on the Upper East Side with her lover played by David Bowie. Miriam is played by Catherine Deneuve. And in the beginning, they're just having a wonderful time, picking up people to kill them, and everything's fabulous. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, he starts to age really rapidly. And this is something that has happened before with her former lovers. And um, coincidentally, Susan Sarandon is a doctor who's doing studies on aging with monkeys, Uh and she writes a book, Uh and Catherine Deneuve is intrigued, and then David Bowie starts to rapidly disintegrate over the course of a few days, and do you want me to tell you the whole plot, or, or... Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Until you I, get bored. Okay, all right. So basically, yeah. <laughs> um, he starts to disintegrate. He goes to see Susan Sarandon. Um, she leaves him in the waiting room for a window of time. And in that time, he ages probably mm. three, four decades. And yeah.
1: I will say, like, I felt that way in a doctor's office <laughs> before. Like, I think... I've had that. I related to that. I was like, damn, I think I aged a couple years <laughs> yeah. Yeah, waiting for a doctor. Totally. Yeah.
2: So he, um, mm-hmm. meanwhile, they also have this cute little girl who lives across the street, and they don't have any friends, yeah. which is weird. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah is she's weird. like. Oh, wait,
1: maybe they would kill them maybe. if they Maybe. Like, they would drink their
2: you what think that there would be they would find other vampires throughout the world uh-huh. during this yeah. time frame because in the book there are sort of conclave at least in the sequel there are conclaves of other vampires right. in oh, other good. cities.
0: Community is important.
2: Yes
1: they needed social media to help them connect to this other. was pre
2: tiktok so you know, know. times are rough Damn. so this little girl named alice who's really <laughs> cute she comes over and plays with them and they do like a little chamber orchestra thing and so john starts yeah. to deteriorate and you know as miriam says she's like they can't sleep but they can feed <laughs> so he's trying to find something <laughs> to feed on yeah. and he uh tries a kid that's skateboarding that's like a really cool or he's or he's roller skating roller skating in the park yeah Yeah, to iggy Mm. pop that's a really cool scene and uh Mm -hmm. uh, and then he finally the little girl comes over and she's like you know you kind of look like john and he's like i don't know i'm not him and then um he ends up killing her And she has a Mm brand-new Polaroid camera, which at the time must have been just the height of technology, and it goes off. So there's a little evidence of that happening. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, you know, Miriam comes home and he kind of collapses and she's all upset, so she stuffs him in the attic with all the rest of her old, decrepit, zombie-like lovers because, unfortunately, eternal life just means you get to live forever in a husk of a shell of, you know your body. So yeah. she has them all in the attic and I think it's really interesting that she has such a beautiful house but yet there's all these fucking pigeons blowing around in the attic. <laughs> it's like yeah. it's like wouldn't you have the pest control come out and handle <laughs>
0: There's no pigeon dung,
2: but there's these beautiful curtains and just these white doves just flying around like, ma- you know, maniacs Yeah, where all the tombs are kept. Yeah.
0: That's just like music video style. I know. That's just like, a, I know. you know, the breezy uh, curtains and the, yeah. Yeah, curtains and... Kind of waiting for prints to pop out.
1: <laughs> yeah. There was a reviewer that compared this to an Elizabeth Taylor white diamond.
0: Oh, wow. Oh,
1: yeah. And I was like,
0: and Tony Scott, the director, was, uh, he had a career as a commercial uh, director Mm -hmm. uh, before he, I think this is his first feature. It
2: is, yeah. And he's Ridley Scott's brother. I don't know if you guys knew that. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, and Ridley Scott, of course, did, oh god Blade, Blade Runner, Runner yes. Yeah. so there was this weird yeah. moment Type, and like yeah. Adrian Line I'd put him in that category too where like all these guys made these movies that all sort of look like music videos they all have like the scene with yeah. the lattice mm. with like the slide
0: you know mm. the blinds oh yeah the <laughs> and heavy noir the, uh, yeah the Venetian uh, yeah. blind shadows yeah. yeah yes and all
2: yeah.
0: the smoking everybody's oh, smoking <laughs> it was choking me yeah
2: yeah I kind of love
0: great though
2: so susan sarandon so she's you know miriam's kind of like oh i kind of you know she's she's very needy she's very codependent so she can't have somebody around i guess because she doesn't have any friends Mm -hmm. so she Uh, sets her mm -hmm. sights on susan sarandon who's dating a total chode i don't know why she's dating this guy he's not hot he's like kind Of a jerk about her research, he's awful. But yeah. she's dating mm-hmm. this chody guy, mm-hmm. and then Miriam <laughs> seduces her with the most elegantly shot lesbian scene ever committed to film. Oh, yeah. I would think, I would yeah. say uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's kind of like, huh, oh, that looks like fun. And then uh, they have like a blood exchange, but Susan Serena doesn't really know what happened and yeah, that kind of leads yeah. to my favorite line in the film where she's you know she, she all of a sudden she can't sleep and she can't eat and she's throwing up and all this stuff and she comes to confront her and she's like look at what you did to me and miriam goes it's a bruise it will fade <laughs> that's like my favorite line in the <laughs> i love it <laughs>
0: never mind about the vampirism yeah
2: it's so great yeah yeah. i've actually said that so many times throughout my life oh that's funny Um, (laughs)
1: yeah i think it kind of speaks to this weird like to me i i see miriam as this um sort of like beautiful powerful figure who's also like caring about her lovers like she's shedding a tear for john when he's being carried to the attic, but then she's kind of abusive and like kind of a you know like a, a bit gaslighty at times. Like oh you know I gave you that that bruise, but you know it'll go away. Like stop crying about it. And it's like
2: uh-huh.
1: I don't know how to read her sometimes. Like I have mixed feelings about. Well,
2: she's you know, obviously anyway. a Scorpio. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, Scorpio. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe an Aries. <laughs> I don't know. They can be a little a little uh, like that, too. Uh, um, so she, yeah, so uh, Susan Sarandon's, you know, tortured. Her body's going through this change, and they, like, look at her blood, and they're like, it's, you've got some other blood in your system. It's not human. Right. And you think that these blood right. researchers would be a little more specific than that. It's kind of very, like, <sighs> fight. Like yeah. that, and they're not <laughs>
1: freaking out either. They're like, "Well, it doesn't look
2: human." Don't know what like, to tell ya. This yeah. is very concerning. Yeah. <laughs> um, she's kind of so she's you know freaking out, and she goes back to her, and obviously, I'm thinking like this part's a little not explained that well. But she she obviously gets her chody boyfriend and comes and gets him <laughs> for her to eat for like her first kill,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and oh. she she does it. And then um, she grabs, because they, they, they don't have fangs, they have these onk necklaces. Right. Which, the interesting thing about that is that uh-huh. whenever they whip it off, I'm like, wouldn't that just break the clasp? Like, what is the clasp on that? Because I <laughs> right. want jewelry that does that. So she yanks it off, and then there's a blade in the onk. And um, surprisingly, wow. Susan Sarandon takes the blade and then stabs herself. And so Miriam's, Mm -hmm. you know, freaking out. Uh And then she goes to take her upstairs with all the, you know, past lovers. And then what I kind of don't really understand, because at this point it's just like, this looks great. Don't worry about the plot. It looks amazing. All of the old Mm -hmm. lovers come out. (laughs) Oh, my goodness.
0: And then they kind of like
2: shove her over the Ah. banister. And then in the very worst bit of special effects puppetry she kind of like slings her head back and forth screaming and then instantly ages and then it cuts to Susan mm-hmm. Sarandon with a boy lover and a girl lover in London in this mm-hmm. fabulous apartment and and so it's like oh yeah. so Miriam died but now because she died when she died all of her lovers crumbled to death but not Susan Sarandon and Susan Sarandon gets to be the one who actually lives forever i would assume so the yeah. ending's a little, like, yeah. because in the books, she brings her back to life. At least in the sequel, she's still existing. But she's kind of more of, like, her lover slash personal assistant. And she kind of treats her really crappy <laughs> while she goes off oh, and has sex oh, with whoever wow. she feels like. And, like I said, I didn't oh, read wow. the third one. But, yeah. And so she's just kind of, like, you know, <laughs> stuck for all of eternity, like, cleaning up after her. Yeah. Yeah
0: we kind of need a rule book
1: oh right what you were just talking about kendall kind of speaks to that um piece of music that miriam was playing when she was seducing um susan sarandon and so ah. they i don't do y'all remember this when she was there like what's that and she's like oh it's
2: lock me uh, by by
0: yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And aka it's, it's like, from oh, an opera right uh,
2: well every time i hear it i think of uh-huh. light bulb commercials because it was there was a window of time it was like always in light bulb <laughs> oh. commercials
1: <laughs> it's it's iconic and and I, I think a lot like when i hear it i'm thinking like angels and ethereal and wedding i don't know why my mind that's where my mind goes um but um a lot of people probably know this score and this piece of music but the, what I what I discovered was that, um, and and Miriam kind of explains this to um, to Sarah or Susan Sarandon, that it's about these two women, and one of them is a, a servant to the other, and so you have like this parallel like imbalance of power right. in that relationship, and then you have this sort of power balance or unbalance between Miriam and Sarah as well. I thought that was a really lo- like. The, the movie isn't terribly deep, but, like, I thought those <laughs> were kind of, it like, looks nice good. little yeah. touches. Yeah. It does. Yep. It does. And I love the way that the drapery, like, continued into, you know, uh, you said it was London, Kendall, where she was like, well, oh, let me take the drapes. <laughs>
2: yeah. Because these are expensive drapes. I'm just going to, you know, bring them We with. can't
1: throw these away. We have to bring them bring along the with, you
0: know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can get pigeons there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's from an opera. That piece of music, mm-hmm. and yeah. um,
1: and it's very
0: pretty. Yeah, and it's it's about like, um, isn't it about a, a a woman and her slave who is also her lover? Mm-hmm. Isn't that the story?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, okay. wow. is
1: it? See. I don't know if the lever is in yeah susan
2: was like it sounds like a love song before she like drops her line onto her All onto right. her bib with absolutely no bra <laughs> uh, oh my
0: god <laughs> right how many times have we had see? an accident like that so that we can like <laughs> use the washer dryer <laughs> Well, while I'm naked for the next two hours, oh maybe my goodness! Hide,
1: <laughs> is that your move? You like go over to somebody's <laughs> place and like,
0: right? Whoopsie. <laughs> yeah, Let's it's take like a, it so sneaky. The Nickelodeon <laughs> show where it's like I slime them. <laughs> <laughs> well, we might as well uh, have sex.
1: Well, I was going I was gonna say that I loved that, like it sort of reveals that about the going back to the music it's like we're we really read emotion and message through context and it's like oh because you have these two women and now we're seeing these two sort of this sort of seduction Mm -hmm. scene now it's seen as something romantic even though originally that was not the intent so i think and and I, i explore this idea a lot in my um when i'm teaching studio young the youth about art and i'm like there are different ways to see works of art and sometimes it reveals more about you than oh, about yeah. the work or about the artist yeah you know how you perceive it
0: totally i like to refer to rorschach test in that way yes that, yeah it
1: totally is it unearths yeah.
0: the subconscious and uh uh-huh. i love it when people have a big reaction to something and go like this is filthy and it's like well, tell me what you're thinking about. What's this make provoking uh, <laughs> in you? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Totally.
1: Honestly,
2: that's what I love about really shallow, attractive movies is because you can kind <laughs> of imprint your own philosophy oh, or yeah. takeaways. There's not a ton of totally. plot or action to get in the way of what you want to interpret is mm-hmm. really going on.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I was a little nervous starting the movie cuz I was like, "Ooh, is this going to be one of those like avant-garde kind of like am I not going to be able to make sense of it?" And I was like, "Oh, this was really easy. Like the plot was really simple." I felt like, you know, so it, it was kind of nice in that way cuz I didn't have to like there there was just enough ambiguity to keep it interesting, uh-huh. you know. But it wasn't so over the top where it's like what's going on? Like uh-huh. You kind of know what's going on. Yeah. You can really relate, like, whether it was, like, the fear of aging or the fear of loneliness, you know, like, the sort of science behind you. Right. Like, there are so many things you could, like, you know, re- really kind of relate to.
0: You know, so yeah, did you yeah, guys yeah.
2: love yeah. the opening? Cause that's uh, like one of uh, the yes. favorite mean, five it minutes. again and again and again. Me it's
0: too. Very good. Yeah. For people yeah. who
2: don't know, they're at a club, and the very very first shot is Peter Murphy from Bauhaus behind uh-huh. like a grid, like a metal grid, performing, and it just keeps cutting between him and you know Catherine denov and david bowie walking and looking super cool and then people dancing mm-hmm. and it's how they pick uh-huh. up their first victims in the film and it's just yeah. mm-hmm. it's like the <laughs> coolest music video i i never would have known about Bauhaus if it wasn't for that it's bella lugosi's uh-huh. dead which is you know yeah. bella gosi yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. so that's you know even if you don't like um even if you don't like Vampire movies, or David Bowie, or any of it—that little opening Absurd. sequence is completely <laughs> worth a
0: moment of your time. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, and that song—I can listen to that song on repeat. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Totally, <laughs> like and half of a day. Yeah,
2: I actually got to see Bauhaus last year, t- <gasps> right before the pandemic in Ooh. LA, and it was just cool the coolest it was so much fun Mm, but i lost my husband and everyone was wearing black and it was really stressing (laughs)
0: wow hope you didn't have a flashback to being (laughs) (laughs) being shopped Uh, for your uh, blood yeah
1: can we talk about um david bowie and his aging sort of sequence because i felt like that was really effective yeah
0: yeah
1: and that is something that I have a weird, I don't want to say a phobia about, cause I don't have a fear of aging, but I have a fear of aging quickly. Oh. Um, and it, it sort of stems from like the, the culture right now, which is like a lot of people are, are getting Botox and fillers. Yeah. And you know, there's a lot of pressure for mainly women um, to, to get these procedures done.
0: Uh-huh. Um,
1: and I, like Kendall, I'm sure you probably felt and I don't know if you get, you know, any of that um, types of, of,
0: you know, cause of Kendall, surgery. what are you <laughs> ready to reveal about your... Um,
2: I'll be completely honest. I was an early adopter of Botox because I met my birth mom uh-huh. and I was like, ooh, got to start my uh-huh. head. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. I did, I do, but I do it... Ve- That's interesting. Yeah, I do it very judiciously. Um, and you know, up until fairly recently, I hadn't had any in like a year and a half and I look totally fine, you know? So it's kind of one of those things if you do it ahead of the curve, you don't have to do it as often and then you just don't develop the wrinkles. So I'm, I'm completely pro that but I'm yeah. kind of anti filler because filler is a really slippery oh, slope yeah. and I and see it's a lot of
0: substance.
2: yeah I yeah. mean it dissolves but mm. you know I just feel like Madonna is the cautionary tale and yeah. you look at her and she's had mm. way more than filler going on but it's just oh, yeah. you just change the shape of your face and then you don't look like yourself yeah. and I right, yeah. Right,
0: right. yeah
2: you look like a completely different person
0: I want to ask if you've if you've heard of brown hydrogen as an anti-aging what? Um,
1: brown hydrogen. A friend of mine that. in
0: California is telling me that this is this anti-aging practice, that it's like uh, it's like taking H two O and removing the oxygen. Oh, is it? I'm not sure about the technology, but apparently, like it's it's on the cutting edge of anti-aging, and do so I thought. so
2: put it on your face, or I think you inhale it.
1: It's hmm. whoa, that's different. Yeah. Well, I do know there are the vampire. Faces yeah, I was going to bring that there, up. I'm...
2: That's PRPP therapy, basically. That's what it's called, yeah. and you. It, what it, is it k- now? um it's
1: oh you don't know about this yes oh my goodness okay so it's like this is kim kardashian kind of stuff here so
2: So basically it's prpp therapy and it started in sports medicine for people who had like tears and injuries and ligaments and stuff and it it helps you i'm not sure like rebuild your i don't know whatever makes things fresh and, and newish and so they uh-huh. started doing Cell it
0: regeneration
2: yes so they started doing it yeah. for like hair loss and they started doing it for your mm-hmm. face because it's supposed to build collagen in your face Okay. and mm-hmm. but it's your own blood they take it and they spin it and then they extract i guess the white blood cells and they inject it back into wherever you need it Whoa. so that's that's the vampire because there's blood involved and then blood. you have a bloody face yeah. well I've never done that but yeah. you have like the bloody yeah. face and of course Kim Kardashian did it but
0: you know well I've got a group on here for it so I think <laughs> next time I'm in Dallas we should all we should all, we go, should all go get vampire face.
1: Vampire yeah. let's book it
2: totally so
1: I have I it's funny that you mentioned your your mom there uh Kendall because my my birth mother. Oh, you are adopted
2: um, too. Uh, wow.
1: Has no, no, no. I'm not. But she is my birth mother, and she is my only mother. And she has been a Botox user and filler for gosh, I think like
0: how's, maybe how's 10... she going to feel
1: about? You <laughs> I was like, are you her? She she does not listen to this podcast. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure.
0: But, <laughs> you're mean, gonna find looks, really,
1: out. She looks really great. In fact, she just texted me. She does. Me um but she looks great you know she like she but i also feel like she looks a little different like i like not quite natural but she doesn't have wrinkles and she's you know um she should have wrinkles um and like my so my like i have not gotten any botox or filler because i have this weird like thought that one day, so like you you start getting it, and then you, like my mom, like she has to get this every six months or something like that. I don't know how often uh-huh. she does it. Um, but it's like, one day, <gasps> I would imagine you would have to like stop. And like, does your face just like fall or something? <laughs> like I just, I have this like horrible image in my head of like- Like
0: an empty <laughs> pillowcase.
1: <laughs> I don't know i don't know if that's how it works but it scares me i
2: think botox no but um it's funny because i have this friend in la who hasn't done anything and she's like well she just looks weird because she has too much botox and i'm like no 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 there's something else going on there because when Uh botox wears off you just look normal you know you just look like you Uh did like maybe a little less you know smooth i think of it as just like a little Mm. eraser that just kind of slightly erases Mm. your skin texture but Mm -hmm. filler yes i would assume Mm. because all these ladies that are getting these like pool noodle lips i just don't know what they're gonna (laughs) look like because you can't you're stretching it out so it feels like to me your lips you know when it deflates the skin will be stretched and then it's going to take more and then it's going to take more and that's that's Mm -hmm. the slippery slope that's the thing that i'm really petrified of and i don't oh
0: my god
2: yeah i'm trying to strike that balance (laughs) where i look good for my age but i don't look like you know uncanny valley that's that's the
0: thing oh yes
1: I started to get um, little like gray, or, or basically white little hairs, and I I told somebody about, I was like, oh yeah, you know, I'm starting to get little gray hairs, and they're like, oh, you know, you can pluck those out, and I'm like, but then I won't have hair, like I think I'd rather have gray hair than no <laughs> hair, like <laughs> what, and I don't, I like, I want to embrace aging, like I don't want to be afraid of looking older. yeah. Um, but it is really tempting to like seek out, you know, treatments because we live in an age where it's like, but I, I, okay, so I love that, that David Bowie was the one initially to really suffer from this because it's usually women who feel mm-hmm. the pressure to, to look yeah. younger. And I thought it was a really refreshing to see like, especially when he's like pleading for her to kiss him. And she's like, yikes. And, you know, I'm like, yeah, like, it's kind of scary.
0: That's really terrible, though. You know, like, like, this Uh has been your lover for 300 years.
1: I know. And, like,
0: they're dying, and they just want some affection. And you're just like, "Mm, you're not cute anymore. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. And it kind of reminds me of this... They have a saying in Brazil, which is a country that really focuses on... Um,
0: oh, yeah. ...beauty Cosmetic.
1: and, like, even, yeah, like, in their um, in their health, like, they consider beauty treatments to be, like, covered by insurance. Oh, wow. Like, it's that, like, ingrained mm-hmm. in their culture to, to prize or to value youth. And so they have this awful, awful saying, and it translates to... Um, men age and women decay and it's like oh. chilling to me i know it's terrible and and I, sometimes i think about the double standard oh, yeah. you know that we have here in a in our country right but, right um,
2: well, it's true. Oh. I mean, you look—you look at men, and they can go gray and look good. If you're a woman, oh yeah, you know, I have curly you can hair. Be bald. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, and you can look like, you know, an action hero. But you know, I have curly hairs. So if mm-hmm. I w- went gray, I would just look like, where's mm-hmm. my cauldron? You know what <laughs> I mean? It's like. <laughs> The right hair texture and thickness, and you know, yeah. and it just uh, it just doesn't work for everybody.
0: Yeah, I hear <laughs> William Sonoma has some really great cauldrons.
1: <laughs> They're probably on sale right now with the holidays.
0: Right. Out, but...
2: Yeah, since everyone's forcing Christmas down our throats. <laughs> yeah.
0: mm-hmm. So this is something yeah. I'm really in- interested in and curious about because. Uh, in, in my artistic practice, I do a lot of portraiture, and I find mm. that I approach men and women subjects in a different way. And it's because mm. I feel like oh, with men, I can dig in and be more angular, and and uh, like I can I can use some of their harsher features in effect to, and and they're still very attractive. And I think for for women, I have to dial it in the opposite direction, and mm-hmm. I hate that even like mm-hmm. my my ideal of beauty is so gendered in that way, mm-hmm. and it's not across mm-hmm. the board. But also, you know, I consider like what how the model is going to react to how they're being depicted, and I it's it's a it's a lot of uh, unconscious. Stuff floating around in our culture, I think totally. the, these different standards for men and for women. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And what is seen as attractive or appealing. Yeah,
2: and it's not going to change. Sadly, I don't. I don't yeah. think it's no, going to change. I don't change.
0: think it is. Yeah,
1: I think it's just going to get a bit worse, actually, because, you know, like I was uh, exploring the Instagram filters one night. I was by myself and I probably had a little too much to drink. And I was like, what are these filters? (laughs) And I was like, oh, "Oh my God, I took a screenshot and I I texted it to my sister. I was like, I had an Instagram facial. What do you think? And then I had no (laughs) wrinkles. I was my skin was flawless. I even had a little bit of rouge and I was like, wow, I look great. You know mm-hmm. and um they're really like hard to look away it's like looking into some sort of you know magic time machine mirror
0: uh-huh you s- seduce yourself you
1: know, <laughs> yeah it's it's crazy what they what can be done now and it's like you know so i think people want to see themselves in that way like what you were saying hide
2: oh, sorry there's a phenomenon called instagram face And Uh people will go to their plastic surgeon and be like, I want to look like this filter. Oh, my God. And so the way you used to take
0: a picture to the hair to the barber and say, Um... I want this haircut. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So Mm -hmm. a lot of young girls and then everyone I saw something recently because I probably spend too much time on social media. And it was every Hollywood actress who had a very unique beauty run through kind of the modern standard of beauty from Audrey Hepburn oh. to Bridget Bardot. Bridget Bardot mm-hmm. actually looked basically the same,
0: but uh-huh. everyone
2: else, like whatever made them special, it it they just looked more generic. You know, they all kind of have yes. it's that same sauce. They have that same face.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I
2: was wondering if
1: y'all had just kind of, before I forget, because I feel like this movie coming out in 83, which, by the way, it's really freaky because my birthday was just a couple of days ago, and this movie oh. came out on the year that I was born. And I'm like, is this wow. the universe? Like, commuti- anyway. Whoa. But it was a very appropriate film to be thinking about as I, I turned one year older. And um, <laughs> I thought, so it takes place in, in 19... Or the, the film you know, was produced in 82, 83, and there seems to be some, you know, maybe not so subtle, subtle suggestions about the AIDS epidemic that was happening. Uh Do you think, because I was not one year old when this came out, but do you think that that was intentional or you do? Okay. That
0: that would have been wild because, um, like, I think we just heard about AIDS and like, 83
1: right oh wow okay
2: uh, well because it's from a novel i don't think oh. so i think it was just coincidental i think it's just cool. you know wow. how things pick things up in the ether you know yeah uh-huh. um yeah. i mean that's my guesstimation um just from the mm-hmm. writer who by the way i yeah. have a fun tidbit about the writer
1: oh. he yeah.
2: uh-huh. um whitley striber he uh he wrote that book and he has some other books. He also wrote Wolfen, but he is convinced oh, yeah. that he was kidnapped by aliens. So he has like this oh, mini- oh. whole book
0: about his experience Communio. being abducted. Yes. yes. Oh, wow. yes. That is an amazing Damn. book. And it's not fiction. It's like, it's, it's his account. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That is scarier than any vampire werewolf. Uh story totally totally and what wow. a great book it's made me think about like more vivid dreams i've had and that like was i abducted was that what that was are you, you from know? west
2: texas hide <laughs> <laughs> oh, because there's like again, you uh, are out. you from west texas no okay all right i knew you're from like i grew up in louisiana
0: yeah oh
2: oh, okay okay because um funnily enough i once saw an unidentified flying object um when i was driving back from dallas to austin uh when i was in school there and my friend and i were just like brutally hung over and we saw these things (laughs) in the sky that looked like silver mylar balloons like a child would draw a bird you know, like that V shape. And there was what? like a flock of them. Yeah. And we got kind of like under them and we were just like, what What the hell is that? What the hell is that? What the hell is that? And then we decided to go back around and take a picture of it and it was gone. It was gone. And I forgot about it. And then I had this hairdresser for a minute and she was actually, went to the same hairdresser and she, the guy was saying how his boyfriend grew up in West Texas and would always sleepwalk and like wake up on the front yard in a lawn chair with, like, the sprinklers going off on him. And he had this recurring dream.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. And the boyfriend
2: went to wherever the UFO museum is, not Roswell, but somewhere else. And Uh there's all these people that have been abducted, and they all have, like, the same two scars. It's like a chicken scratch and then a scoop. And one's in your back and one's behind one knee. And his boyfriend had those Uh scars. And then when he started (gasps) telling my friend this story, my friend's like... Oh my God! I I think we saw a flying saucer, and I'm like, what? And so she brought it up, and I was like, yeah, that was really weird. But it's <laughs> it's sort of epidemic, and I have another friend who has claimed they were abducted multiple times. So Dang. yeah, I don't know. When you, when,
0: when you read Communion, and he's talking about how he's kind of got these vague memories, or uneasy feeling about something and then he's sort of getting a vision of something that he thinks happened it really makes you think about like recovered memories and mm. if you've had a similar experience you know um Whoa. so yeah it's a it's a terrifying uh, <sighs> book
1: i've never read it yeah. fascinating i'll
0: have yeah, to read it. yeah it's good it's good
1: yeah Um, Can we, speaking of aliens, can we talk about the sex scene in the movie Um, (laughs) with Miriam and Sarah and those sort of, you know, uh, there's some, okay, so I have a a quote from Roger Ebert, of course, um, who did a review of this movie, and um, he says, quote, The Hunger is an agonizingly bad vampire movie circling around an exquisitely effective sex scene. Like, that was his opening uh, uh, review (laughs) statement. (laughs) And I don't know. There's a lot of, like, is it, you know, offensive with, like, kind of male gaze things going on? Or is it just sexy? And, like, is it provocative? Like, how would it be different if, like, you know obviously it's two women but like what if it was two men like how would we feel about it differently well
0: that would have never played <laughs> that would have
1: never yeah. but like why why you know why are the it's like is it because it's a more it's obviously more acceptable for two women than two men certainly at this and certainly and
0: and probably Catherine uh-huh. Deneuve being French probably had something uh-huh. to do with it being accepted okay. even okay yeah
2: well a friend of mine once told me that she was sort of notorious for going to like this sex club in paris all the time so i think she's just mm-hmm. kind of like whatever mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> oh wow yeah
0: yeah Get it, Catherine.
2: yeah so she's probably yeah. like whatever but i don't think it's exploitative exploitative i think yeah. it's um yeah yeah i think it's very beautifully done yeah i do too
1: yeah i mean i think that I mean, like, how do you eliminate this, like, quote, male gaze from something like that? I mean, obviously, like, they're enjoying the the body visually. And, like, I think, like, I bet I would imagine, like, there are probably women out there who saw this movie and realized they were lesbians. Like, oh, shit. Like, that's sexy. I mean,
0: if I'm being honest, yeah. Uh (laughs) Like, I'm still thinking Uh about Susan Sarandon's boobs in that oh my gosh right? because she's wearing like uh-huh. this kind of clingy blouse and like yeah e- even even when she's at the hospital she's sexy oh, as yeah. hell like, she yeah. is and like i don't think yeah. about boobs a lot so <laughs> you know there was there was a bit of a honey trap set up there in that mm-hmm. photography yeah mm-hmm. yeah
1: um but yeah
2: I was just going to say, I think it's interesting the way they made her look kind of masculine. and Right. I wonder if, because she keeps playing with her hair and like pulling her hand through her hair. So that's kind of like new haircut behavior. Like I Uh wonder if she had to chop off, like like Catherine Denev is so ultra thin that if they had to like chop her hair off to make the, you know, dichotomy of the two of them feel a little more, you know, like one's a little more masculine to make it sort of make sense. Right,
0: right, right. Cause that used to be hmm. really common in like the butch femme thing is like it, mm-hmm. the understanding of gay relationships, like you'd get a question like which one of you is the man, <laughs> mm-hmm. which one of you is mm-hmm. the woman, mm-hmm. you know, people mm-hmm. couldn't conceive of just like people of the same gender just, uh, you know, not being hung up on butch femme dynamic because they were so hung yeah. up on like man, woman yeah. dynamic. Yeah.
2: Totally. Yeah but here's another fun fact because as I told you I Ah. know a lot of pointless things Um, (laughs) after the film or maybe during the film uh, Catherine or not Catherine um, uh, Susan Susan. Sarandon and David Bowie dated for like three months no (gasps) yeah no way yeah that's
1: so crazy dang my
2: husband said um that whatever it was it was obviously kind of a bad breakup because they didn't speak for like 20 years and then right before he died he read that he was back in communication with her so I thought that was really interesting
1: that's really nice you know what I the more I learn about Susan Sarandon the more I appreciate her as an actor and as, as an artist I would say but I love that she, yeah. what I discovered through a little research, uh, is that she advocated for, um, more, uh, like, uh, what's it called? Um, like she wanted the sex scene to be more, oh. Oh, fuck, like you, like you're, uh, co- more not, explicit. Complicit. That's not the, no,
0: explicit? no, 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 no. It's like, no. she's
1: there. Consensual? Consent. Consensual. I'm like, it starts with a C. It's a, so, Oh, my God. So, basically, what was supposed to play out was that um, her character was supposed to get a little too drunk. And then, oh. and then um, because she was intoxicated, she allowed in a non kind of consensual sort of way for the sex to happen. But she uh-huh. advocated that she not be drunk and that she was more of a willing participant. And I was like, that that actually, I think, is a, a nice way to approach that scene because I think if she yep, were drunk, yep. it wouldn't feel as compelling. Um, well, so, you yeah. know,
0: it's interesting too to talk about like queer characters in films like this mm-hmm. because it was really standard for if someone was being initiated into like mm-hmm. you know gay sex it was more like predatory and that was mm-hmm. again like the Hayes code it like colored mm-hmm. the way that people looked at queer people is that they were a corrupting influence even the words like um what is it there's there's a pervert oh it's wait invert and pervert oh i won't mm-hmm. get all this right maybe just scratch <laughs> all this and but um <laughs>
1: that's okay
0: but yeah it, that is actually like that was a big step in terms of like saying no i'm, I'm not being corrupted mm-hmm. i might be seduced but i'm also yeah. like mindful of what's happening and mm-hmm. i'm consenting to it which yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well in
2: the in the film all of her dialogue is like she's almost like it's like a neg seduction she's like are you seducing me is this is this song mm-hmm. about two women it sounds like a love song like she's right. she's,
0: mm-hmm. she's
2: like i dare you to
0: fuck me Exactly <laughs> totally totally <gasps> oh, yeah. I bet you won't i bet you're not even brave enough to fuck me <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, she did have a pretty terrible boyfriend, so I'm not surprised that she was, like, looking for... And I love that um, the dinner that her and her boyfriend had post-coital, you know, and it's like she's eating that red raw steak, and she's like, what's wrong with you? And she's just like, you know, get off my back about it. And and I don't know, I thought that that, like, the way that played out was smart.
0: He's kind of policing her food.
1: And mm-hmm. and like
0: being super critical of her having ordered food. Yeah, you not ordered not it. Being mm. for yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's an. And asshole. you sit back the clams, and she's mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, I'm just not feeling it." It's like, "Fuck yeah. off, dude." Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I guess I mean, for his character to work, also, it's like you keep calling him a chode, Kendall. It's probably <laughs> really important that we don't like him. That we're like, we get a little bit of glee out of him becoming dinner himself.
2: Totally. Now I'm I'm like blanking on this actor's name um from the Lighthouse oh. who did you notice? Uh he was also in Wild at Heart. I'm just having a, a oh like a you know who I'm t- he plays the guy that hits her up at the phone booth. I could like Google if I wasn't oh. on my phone.
0: Oh, there's Willem yes. Defoe. That was one uh-huh. of his first lists. Yes.
2: Did you catch that he was in uh-huh. it? That's yeah. so crazy. Yeah. It was so quick. Yeah.
0: yeah it was. I it's caught like split it. Split second, yeah.
1: Yeah, that was pretty cool. Oh, I really... So can we talk a little bit about uh, Miriam's um, abode? Like, she has this, like, really... um, Like, to me, it almost felt like a mausoleum. Like, she was in this, like, marbled environment. She had all these... Like white lilies and, yeah. and you know classical music. Oh, and it's that's like, true. Oh my
0: God, it's, it is kind yeah. of like so over the funer- t- funerary mausoleum you know? style. Uh-huh. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I thought that was a nice touch.
0: But also very eighties, like very like you 80s. know the faux finishing trend at that time too, mm-hmm. and like people would marbleize any surface they could get their hands on, mm-hmm, and my God. it was. <laughs>
1: I love that stuff like that. Like I love our desires to mimic textures in an artificial way. I just yeah. think that really speaks to like how we how we desire to be tricked or fooled and and how we enjoy the deception. I just think that's so interesting. But she had the real deal. Like she was a she was like an upper class lady, you know, like she had Oh yeah, real marble.
0: She was a woman of means. Yeah, she was. But just so you know, there's there's faux finished Uh uh, like marble in Versailles. Like there's not like every surface is not marble. It's like because it was it it was created. You know, it was like a stage set. Yeah.
2: Wow. Now
0: there is real marble, but there's yeah. Yeah, Say again.
2: Oh weird. Do you know where the faux? Where the In the is. interiors, yeah. Okay, yeah. interesting. Well,
0: I just, I just remember seeing it when I was there. I went to Versailles, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I had a date with a vampire, and we went to Versailles. <laughs>
1: <and> <laughs> the last time I went to Versailles, I was really struck by the. Um... They have these beautiful, like, figurative sculptures outside, as you do at a palace. Uh-huh. And but they were all covered up with like a um, a drape to sort of protect them from. I don't know what was going on. They were renovating or something. Oh,
0: like probably like renovations. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So they were all sort of draped in this really kind of beautiful, almost like um, it almost seemed a little um, like abstract and and maybe a little bit menacing like the way that they kind of suggested a, a position but like you couldn't uh-huh. quite tell and it it totally changed the gardens you know because normally it's so over the top and beautiful uh-huh. and now you have these draped figures that Sh- sort shrouded of, you know, like a f-
0: uh-huh. shrouded
1: yeah exactly it was i i enjoyed it as an artist i thought that was really obviously it was an intentional effect but i was like guys i'm digging this <laughs> right now, so yeah,
0: I see a body of work coming up.
1: I was probably the only one who enjoyed the fact that the sculptures were actually covered up, but
0: yeah, well, because you okay. saw pot- potential in, mm, in it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Like, you right. know what, I you know what I loved about this movie, too, is that it was super like sex positive, like it didn't feel like right? the characters were like punished for the sex that they were having right. in the way that right. you might typically see in a yeah. scary movie. You know, where it's like... Because they're
0: ancient and Mm -hmm. eternal, too. And it's like, Mm -hmm. talk about, like, something that would give you perspective and help you figure out your priorities. If you were going to live for 6,000 years, it's like, yeah, whatever, you know?
1: Yeah, and imagine, like, I bet sex with Miriam must have been, like, really good. Like, she must have known so much about (laughs) the body and pleasure and like I'm like dang she must have been like the most amazing person to be with you know in an intimate way just because she was you know she had been around for so long I would imagine that's just
0: one would hope that's why we should engage sexually with seniors all our listeners should know stop Stop. <laughs>
2: Stop. Yeah, d- don't have sex with a 21-year-old. They have no idea what they're doing. It's no. a waste That's of true. time. It's
0: a waste of time. Yeah. They don't know what they're doing.
2: Not a clue. Have sex with a six-year-old because <laughs> yeah. they put some hours into that.
1: <laughs> exactly i really i really also enjoyed like the sci-fi element which was i wasn't expecting and it kind of reminded me a little bit of the movie we covered with christopher blay which was the andromeda strain uh-huh. We got like oh it's like you know you've got the microscopes out and the laboratory uh-huh. and the monkeys are going crazy and it's like right. i'm totally digging the sci-fi component because it kind of added like a nice little like twist or a nice little touch because the thing is and like the thing that i thought about too was that um scientists today and i don't know how long they've been working on this but it's like they're invested in treating aging like a disease and not as like a, the which is inevitably happens did you all know that this is research that's happening
2: yeah i'm totally down with it i'm like hurry up
1: (laughs) Kendall's cool (laughs) It kind of scares me because it's like, what are we, what are we getting into exactly? You know, like, are right. we meant to live forever? Well, and at what, you know.
0: And, you know, like, back to Kendall's initial uh-huh. query about like, do we want to live longer? Do we want to be mm-hmm. eternal? Like, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> it's a little scary to think about like, okay, so I was born in the 20th century. And like, if I pass away in mm-hmm. the 21st century okay, like my, my life experience, I, I kind of get it. But if I, mm-hmm. if something happens in science and I get to live to be 400 or 500 years old, like mm-hmm. in that, in the next, you know, 350 <laughs> years, like mm-hmm. we're going to have like, uh, like an artificial intelligence is going to supersede human. And,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and like, I don't know if I want to be a human here because being a human is going to be like being a pomeranian. Like yes, <laughs> totally. Like I'm okay but they're so cute. ending. Uh-huh. Yeah. But you're going to be some, yeah. you know, other entity's little like sub-intelligent.
1: Oh man. Toy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, so no thanks.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I feel like, you know, the way Jeff Bezos and and yeah. Elon Musk and all those people, they're just, they're making it to where the future is not, it's its dystopian. Mm-hmm. It will be dystopian. Right. There's no way to to right. go around that. And I think the yeah. idea of eternal life, I'd rather start kind of like French uh, uh, Revolution time and keep going to yeah. like a little bit past mm-hmm. now instead of yeah. going mm-hmm. into the future. Because, yeah, I, I don't um, think it's yeah. going to be a bed of roses, so to speak.
0: No, I have some friends that just had a baby and they're very good friends of mine. And I'm starting a savings account for their daughter. And um, I, I was like, yeah, you know, when she's 18, maybe she can buy a flying car or a clean bottle of water. Mm. Like, no. I, you know, like, like, who knows what is the world's going to be like in 18 years.
1: Yeah. Well, also, too, what, worry, what worries me about this a little bit is, like, people tend to get more conservative as they get older. And it's just, like, are we going to be, like, is the conservative party just going to be dominating? Because you usually are a little bit more liberal or, you know, when you're question younger. the status quo. When you're younger. And it's, like, the the, the older population here in America has huge political sway and it's like, is that just going to exponentially grow as we continue? You know, our
0: yeah. I it's... panic about this every single day, uh, yeah. five times yeah. a day. I'm yeah. so afraid. So, yikes. I I know there must be a science fiction film about this idea that we will Mm -hmm. advance in terms of science and become Mm -hmm. eternal, but we'll have to kill ourselves is the only way out (gasps) because we'll just, we'll be healthy until then. But you might get tired of living
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: or also be curious about what's next, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's what terrified me about that movie. Death uh, becomes her because it's like it became um, a trap that they got into, and they couldn't release themselves from it. And it's just like it just sounded like the worst case scenario to be in, you know. Which is not to be able to end your life if you wanted to. Uh huh.
0: Uh huh.
1: Anyway, it's it's a weird, dark movie that's oddly comedic and funny. But as a child, it like terrified me. So I feel like it left an impression on my very young self, but,
2: yeah. um, yeah. Honestly, I only remember um, it for how great <laughs> Isabella Rossellini looks. I mean, I really, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I really, yes. and that's what stays Shit. with me from film. Yeah. She
1: had that top that was like full of trinkets and she would just like give somebody like a little like pin to put, Oh my God. She was so cool in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I, I did, I really enjoyed how, um, Bruce Willis was kind of like a really dorky kind of person,, yeah. and like normally he's like this like you know you know like action kind of character, yeah,
0: it gave me a lot more affection for him, yeah, for him he yeah, be willing to be seen like that, like I could not see Tom Cruise doing that,
1: mm. I don't know. Tom Cruise has been in some funny like he did that one uh, what was it Tropic Thunder where he was like Oh,
0: that's true. Really
1: weird. <laughs> which I was like, "Okay, okay, Tom Cruise, like you got one extra point in my book, but not by yeah, much." So,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Um,
2: which didn't age well, by the way. That movie's like they can't even get today. No way. Uh,
1: they Yeah, I, I think that <laughs> one is in the history books for sure. Um But you know one thing that I liked about this this movie, The Hunger, is like just how powerful the female characters felt. Like they felt like they were really developed and they um, they had agency and they weren't just kind of like you know sort of theater dressing or you know often happens. Yeah, they weren't trinkets. Yeah,
2: Yeah, the men Uh are very peripheral in this. Even Uh David Uh Bowie. Even
0: David Bowie. yeah. Yeah disposable yeah
1: yes in fact like david bowie doesn't even look like david bowie for like a good part of this movie like he's very old you know decrepit and then like peeing on himself and it's just like oh my um (laughs) so like they had david bowie and then like he didn't look like david bowie for a lot of it and i found out that in order for him to get that like raspy voice he would go hold on i have it i have it here he would um he stood on the Washington the George Washington Bridge every night and screamed all the punk rock songs that he knew to wow. get his Raspy. Oh.
0: I was like that's
1: commitment. I I dig that. So. Also
0: that your voice is your instrument like that's oh, all, right? that seems really dangerous. Yeah. yeah, I know. No kidding. I mean,
1: he was he was willing to sacrifice a lot and in the end I don't think he thought this I think he has some kind of negative criticism about this movie um so it's like oh. it wasn't the you know the the sort of it didn't go down in the history books like not a lot like it's a cult classic but a lot of people exactly don't know about
0: it. yeah it wasn't like a huge hit in the box office mm-hmm. but it has stayed around because it's a compelling film yeah right. and totally. i think because
1: bowie is present and he's kind of like this great like iconic like 80s figure you know super cool and uh-huh. even though he's like very very needy you know it's, at certain points you're like all right already but the shower scene like oh my god like Bowie was really sexy like wow you know? i was wondering Dang. if it
2: was her body and i feel like he uh-huh. would be like i'll get naked i don't care i mean he was a right. mime he's uh, like in his body but yeah. i was trying to figure out if they had a body mm. double for her oh yeah cuz she was know. 40 I'm... um uh-huh. we looked up the ages she was 40 and Susan yeah. Sarandon was 37 and Bowie was only 36 wow i don't know
1: i i mean Susan Sarandon had like very perky boobs back then, 37. So like, I don't know, maybe.
0: I told you I keep thinking about them.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They're pretty impressive. Yeah. Every time I think about Susan Sarandon, I have a a moment where I think about this YouTuber I was researching her for um, when we did the Witches of sorry, The Witches of Eastwick. Eastwick. Uh And uh, this YouTuber pronounced her last name Saradon. And, like, I struggle every time to, like, not say Saradon, even though I know it's Sarandon. And it's like, God damn you, like, 12-year-old YouTuber Uh, uh, who's uh, trying to make a video (laughs) about, you know, the Witches of Eastwick.
0: I haven't looked at her filmography, but... When mm-hmm. is like is Rocky Horror Picture Show from like seventy seven seventy eight? Is that yeah? I think it's seventy eight. So.
2: Yeah, that was her yeah. first so she...
0: movie. That was her first movie. Wow. Okay, think, so pretty sure. she's making this like five years later.
2: Yeah.
1: Wow.
0: That's such a she's leap. So...
1: She's such a risk taker. I just I really enjoyed how diverse oh, yeah. her career has been. You know. Yeah. And I think that kind of speaks to what your mission is, uh, Kendall, which is to like make art and art appreciation more accessible and it doesn't have to be you know academic and dry you know it can be um like diverse and it can engage in all these different ways you know it doesn't have to be so boring sometimes you know so yes
2: agreed i'm glad you do sometimes i feel like people don't take me seriously because i don't write like i'm doing a term paper Uh on someone's exhibit Uh Uh and because I like to get into who they are as a person and what kind of drives their practice or what drives Mm -hmm. the kind of art they made or their aesthetic Mm -hmm. and I like to know what makes people tick whatever they're doing and that's a slightly Mm -hmm. different approach than most people at least in the city that write about art Um, be it right or wrong it's Uh just the way Uh I go about it but yeah
1: Because it takes a very unique person. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I think Jerry Saltz is one of those, like, real rare writers, too, that, like, kind of approaches art in a less fundamental or, like, conservative way where it's more spontaneous. And he's, like, he can Uh, kind of point to all these different, like, oh, like, we can talk about this or that. And he presents it all in the same, like, as far as, like, they're on the same hierarchy. And Uh nothing is... You know, like, we can talk about Rothko, and we can also talk about, like, this, like, weird Instagram, like, meme or something. And, right, and I, right, I That's how I, like, as an artist, I, I, I appreciate when writers do that, when it's, it, because sometimes art can be. Off putting, you mm-hmm. know, and museums can be intimidating, and that, and I can get intimidated
0: or exclusive or like, yeah, oh, not yeah. welcoming. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah,
1: mm-hmm. and and I even feel that way, you know, as an artist, I can feel yeah. intimidated, so I can't even imagine what like right. most people feel. You
0: yeah, know? which is a big turnoff, and people feel like they don't want to participate in culture when they're being yeah. like told they're stupid or they don't get something and mm, mm-hmm,
1: yeah. mm-hmm. Oh, you don't get this obscure art reference from like yeah. you know, two hundred years ago? Oh, you know, obviously yeah. you're an idiot.
0: Or from last <laughs> week right. in Miami, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. But uh, yeah. But I dig I dig your approach Kendall. And I was also wondering, you mentioned how you've got a focus on the anti-aging as in your, in your work. Like, is there anything you, you kind of mentioned maybe some links that you could provide? Um,
2: I haven't, I'm not there yet. I actually am working on some stuff. So it's, unfortunately I can't like reveal anything yet, but, um, yeah, I just, I want to kind of build a platform in whatever form that takes, whether it takes a form of a podcast or a site or something where mm. it just, you know, I I just think that there's a real gap. And a lot of people are sort of coming to this and talking about it and talking about women in midlife and stuff, but they're not. It's, it's weird. It's like, I don't know if you guys saw that um, sort of meme that was floating around Facebook of all these women and these outfits that made them look like giant bumblebees. And it was like clothes for women over 40. Uh, Everything was yellow uh, and uh, like print weird. and big and yeah. And so uh, it's just kind of like there's this weird perception That when people get to a certain age, they have to dress a certain way and look a certain way Uh and listen to uh a certain kind of music. And I just, I reject all of that 100%. -hmm. I feel like you are the person you are your whole life. And if you're cool, you're going to be cool. But you don't have to be one of those Mm -hmm. old ladies that puts on everything but the kitchen sink and looks wildly (laughs) eccentric. Uh You know, there's like a medium thing that you can
0: hit. That account is called Advanced Style. Advanced I Style, yeah. And I like yeah.
2: him, but all the women he focuses yeah. on are very over the top.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. It's like, you, yeah, wearing everything you own. Yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. and it's an aesthetic, but it's also kind of like there's a, it, it's kind of fun, it's kind of clownish, but it's also a lot of work. Yeah. And uh, yeah.
2: I'm I'm still of the elk that look in the mirror and take off one accessory before you leave the house, regardless of age. That's like classic, classic advice. I always.
1: Yeah, I get frustrated. A lot of those like, you know, This is the haircut you need to have when you you know, after you turn forty or fifty. And it's like it's always short and it's like, do I have to have short hair when I turn forty? Like next year? Am I required
0: Yeah. The police you're gonna hear a knock at the door. Aaron, we're here for your hair.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> and it's like it took a long time to grow out. I'd like to keep it for a while, and yeah. I think it's probably because you a do lot
0: what of the women... fuck you want.
2: That's the that's <laughs> the point. Yeah, you yeah, Do what it's you like, want. I've always
1: felt like I looked better with longer hair, and so I'm gonna keep it until I start. I guess definitely. Like if I lose it, you know, then I'll just shave my head or something. But
2: um, turbans. <laughs> Wear turbans. Turbans are chic. Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, I, and like I said, I'm just not, I try not to stand in front of the mirror and really obsess, which I can totally get out of control sometimes, but it's like, just let it happen. It's fine. I think the person that is the most worried about my appearance is actually my mom. Like, she's just like, you yeah. know, you can dye your hair. And I'm like, I am aware that that's an
0: option. <laughs> um, and, Tips from narcissists. <laughs>
1: yeah. And... It's funny because like my mom, I don't think she knows the c- true color of her hair. She could be totally white and like look totally chic, but she has no idea because she's been dyeing it since I was a kid. And, yeah. um, and it's like, I think I'm just curious, like, what am I going to look like older? And yeah. I don't want to limit my, my expression and my, you know, like I want to embrace it all as much as I can, but yeah. Yeah, so anyway, this movie was really wonderful, Kendall.
0: Oh, I really I was
1: surprised how much I I liked it in fact. My sister is a huge David Bowie fan and I was like, "Well, see, so you got to watch this movie."
0: Oh, had she never seen it?
1: She had never seen it, and she had she had actually started it because she saw it was on her Amazon. And I was like, "You're gonna uh-huh. love it!" Like, and then she missed the window. I'm like, "Spend the two dollars and rent <laughs> it again. Like, it'll be fine."
0: <laughs> you yeah. know. So. I'm
1: so glad you liked it because I was I was a little. I did. No, I did a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And and yeah. a lot more than I thought I would. But I was like, "Damn, this is a cool movie!" Like, I really dug it. Yeah. So, thank you so yeah. much for being on our podcast, Kendall. This was of a long course. time coming. Yeah.
2: I know I've been nagging you guys since you launched. <laughs> <laughs> I was
0: like, I like movies. Was all it all you had hoped it would be?
2: <laughs> yeah. It was just, I mean, honestly, I just feel bad having to even pick something because I could have picked like five films easily. Oh yeah.
0: You know what? Like if you can think of a couple of things, just give our listeners a little taste about what your other choices might have been. Because I, I know sometimes people just really love getting, uh, references like this or Mm -hmm. suggestions. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Well, um, two of the things I was kind of pondering, but I haven't seen them as many times. Um, one of my favorite films is *A Company of Wolves*, which um, is based oh, on Angela Carter. Neil Jordan. Yeah, she it was his first film, I think. And mm-hmm. again, the special effects haven't aged very well. But basically, it's a retelling yeah. of the Little Red Riding Hood story, and yeah. uh-huh. it's done through very much about a woman, you know, a girl coming to age. It's there's a lot of parallels of like a girl going through. It, again, it's like an aging and a phase of life. And I, it's also just incredibly beautiful. They shot it on a soundstage, and it's it's really cool. Mm-hmm. It's a good Christmas film, a good Christmas werewolf Ooh. film. Uh. And then the other thing I was pondering was um, Valerie and her Week of Wonders. Have you guys seen that?
0: I don't know ah. this.
2: It's another freaky little, it's Czech and it's very surreal. And again, it's a girl going through kind of, you know, that adolescent awakening and with all that entails, but super visually crazy. So it's like a chick
0: flick, you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. I, 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 hate, I hate that term. I'm only uh-huh. using it, in, you know, in a way to be critical of bro culture.
2: Oh my goodness, Yeah, yes. I mean, it's definitely... I like female protagonists because we get so few of them. Yeah.
0: That's right.
1: true, yeah. And I think this movie passed the Bechdel test, which is always impressive, especially from the 1980s. Yeah. To have a fem- two female characters who have lines of dialogue. It's amazing, you know, uh-huh. to have names. So... <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Cool. <laughs> <laughs> even yeah. multiple scenes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> who knew that was even so <laughs>
2: possible? Yeah. I mean... How did they do it? Yeah, that was pretty cool. Sadly, that's probably why it didn't do so well at the box office. Oh, yeah. I know that. And
0: s- wait, did to- yeah. Tony Scott went on to direct Top Gun. Didn't yes, me? Uh-huh. he's
2: like <laughs> so. Yeah, <laughs> the this... women all together for the next uh-huh. one, right? He's like, up. I learned my
0: lesson with that box hey. office flop. Oh, yeah, let yeah. I me mean, get a bunch hey. of dudes in here, and like, uh-huh. basically, Top Gun's like a porno film without the sex.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. Like a
0: gay porn right. film. Yeah.
2: Oh, my God. One time I was at someone's house and they had Top Gun, the volleyball scene, mashed up with gay porn on a videotape. Oh, oh yes. That's funny. And it was mesmerizing. <laughs> it was just like, I just yeah. sat there for like 30 minutes going, wow. And I never had connected. Because basically,
0: how... you're just pulling back the covers on something that's so clearly there. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much like. Homo eroticism, eroticism in <laughs> straight culture that they're unaware yeah. of because I think you know I call it like homosocial because it's like guys that get with women but they have no interest in women but they'll get with mm-hmm. them sexually but they really want to fuck their friends.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Totally. Yeah. On that note. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, but I haven't talked about the Catholic Church this episode. <laughs> I, I need to talk about gay issues and the fucking Vatican.
1: <laughs> right, you've got 30 seconds.
2: Go. Okay.
0: <laughs> and another thing. No, <laughs> that's enough. Kendall, thank you for being on yes, the thank podcast.
2: You. No, it was so much fun. I hope you guys have me back in a window of time.
1: Oh. Heck yes. Um, we have another. We have our guest uh, to talk about for our future episode. Hi. Do you yeah. know? I do
0: don't you know, who is. Is you know who it is. Is it Lizette?
1: No, it's actually oh. an artist that um, an alum uh, of the pod, um, Xavier, recommended. Talitha oh, okay. Trolley, I think is how you say her name. Okay. She is Dallas based. I believe. Okay. And uh, she wants to talk about my cousin Vinny. Oh, so I've not okay. actually. I've seen ac- that
0: I've never seen it either. I love Marissa <gasps> Tomei, yeah,
1: but me I haven't too. seen it. Yeah. Yeah, Kendall, I'm sure you've seen My Cousin Vinny. Yeah,
2: yeah I have feelings about Marissa Tomei winning Ooh. that Oscar, and they aren't good. Oh. <laughs> wait, wait, what? Okay. Some well, there's some, like a rumor going around in Hollywood that. Um, it, Jack Palance screwed up like reading, that, like he read the wrong name because she was no. at the top wow. of the nominees and then they just sort of gave it to her and what? I remember <laughs> watching that Oscar ceremony going you've got to be kidding me because wow. she was just very broad in Ooh. her portrayal. She plays like the mm-hmm. kind of she kind of talks like this and she's you yeah. know, girlfriend, and she's really like mm-hmm. shrill and it's a very like kind of non-nuanced mm-hmm. performance shall we say mm-hmm. yeah so, yeah. i'll be I so who, listen to that.
0: who who should have won or who would have, who actually I won the remember, vote but ever... i know
2: there were like legit actresses who well the, but they always give best supporting Damn. to like the hot young thing always You know, for female. It's kind of a trend. You know, it's always like, okay, who's young and cute and coming up and we'll give it to her. Uh It's so rarely, you know, the old lady, back to aging, it's so rarely the old lady who's been toiling Uh in cinema for 30 years and now she's finally nominated and it's like, oh, let's give it to like the Twinkie Dujur, basically. No. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that's
1: disappointing.
2: But I'll be interested to hear. You guys may love her performance.
1: Mm We might. We don't know.
0: Well, it yet. will be. It will be tinted by this information.
2: That's
1: true. That's true. Yeah.
0: Well, um,
1: Kendall, if you ever need a couple crazy guests on your podcast, you let us know. Uh, I sure
0: will. will. Be- yeah, <laughs> I can share all my beauty secrets with you. Oh my god! I, I brush my teeth, <laughs> and that's pretty much it.
2: I say we all get vampire facials and then we can do oh a podcast goodness, about yes. if it rolled back years. I That's tried. that idea. Yeah.
1: yeah, I think I would probably try that for sure. Yeah.
2: It's all needles. Ready. Well,
1: thank you. No, worries. I'm not yeah. afraid of needles. I'm okay. not afraid of blood. Bring it.
0: So,
1: well, thank you, Kendall. You've been an amazing guest. Yeah. And uh, we look forward to all talking right. to you soon.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.